Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There will be no death by inches. This is the Broncos Daily Podcast with Brandon Crystal. I want everything. I want all the meatballs and the pasta, you know? Short week, Broncos country are already ready to turn the page from the win over the Titans and focus on the Chiefs under the Broncos. Had no choice. They didn't get the 24-hour rule. In fact, coaches were in the building Sunday night working on the game plan. I did hear from a Broncos source that both Vic Fangio and Rich Gangarello got a little work on the Chiefs towards the end of last week after their Titans game plan was buttoned up. But the players came in a little later, and the same thing will happen on Tuesday. No practice at all on Monday. No surprise. The day after a game, you're not going to do much, although I think Vance Joseph actually had him on the field at night each of the last two years. My highlight from the day, though, is the NFL makes you put out an injury report no matter what for the three practice days before a game and that's typically Wednesday Thursday Friday before a Sunday game and so in this case with a Thursday game you still have to have the injury report so I'll run down the Broncos injury report just because why not then I'll give you a little more detail on it Uh, by the way it's Rick Lewis day so uh, you know that Rick's with us just about every Tuesday this will be no exception so it'll be good uh, to hear from Rick here coming up Always an enjoyable chat with the Broncos radio network color analyst. Bryce Callahan did not practice today. Duke Dawson, Shelby Harris, Juwan James, Ron Leary, Mike Purcell, Emmanuel Sanders, Derek Wolf, all limited. Will Parks was a full participant. Here's the thing. The Broncos did not hold practice on Monday at all. No Monday practice whatsoever. So you have to come up with this ridiculous injury report. And not only that, they sent it out before the players were even required to be in the building. They had a 3 o'clock meeting the practice report came out at 2.55. Again, for a practice, it's not happening. They'll have a walkthrough Tuesday afternoon and another walkthrough Wednesday, probably afternoon, uh, before they head over to the team hotel. And that's just the way it goes. And the same thing will happen, I assume, with the Chiefs. Their walkthrough will be in the morning before they fly to Denver. Uh, before we get to Rick Lewis, and we'll also hear from Vic Fangio, his weekly chat with Logan and Lewis. Uh, I'd like to bring you that as well. Uh, names to keep an eye on that just aren't going to play right now. Eric Fisher, Chris Jones, and then Kendall Fuller, uh, all starters as well as guard Andrew Riley, uh, Andrew Wiley rather, uh, didn't practice in a practice that didn't exist. But I don't know if any of those guys are going to play. Now, Sammy Watkins didn't play Sunday. We'll see if he is ready to go by Thursday. On the Broncos side, I do not expect to see Juwan James on the practice field uh, at all, and rather in the game because he hasn't been on the practice field much. Vic Fangio did say they could do a little more with Juwan in terms of upping his intensity, but I think that a realistic date for him now is the Colts game a week from this coming Sunday, or I guess two weeks from yesterday is probably an easier way to say that. Uh, but Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons both met the media, so they'll be our quick focal point uh, before we hear from Rick Lewis and Vic Fangio. Uh, but they each held press conferences, and then Alexander Johnson talked to us at his locker 
uh, I think, in between or maybe right after uh, Justin finished. So we'll start with K-Jack, a guy that has played a decade in the league. And, yeah, I tracked him down on Sunday after the game. But I asked him at the very end of his press conference today, based on what Joe Flacco said yesterday, that most times for a quarterback, I guess, unless you're really banged up, like in this case, Patrick Mahomes is with his ankle. Uh, and I think you'll notice on Thursday, Patrick is limited in his mobility. But unless you're really banged up or you got really sore ribs or something else, the Thursday turnaround for a quarterback, he said, isn't as big a deal as what Flacco said. But for guys that, and this is how he said it, that really play football, uh, it's it's a challenge. So I asked Kareem Jackson with that premise put forth by his quarterback, Joe Flacco, how tough is the turnaround, especially for a veteran player? Yeah, it's definitely, it definitely is, you know, because um, go from playing Sunday to, to Thursday and, you know, no practice, you know, just all, it's just the mental aspect of it, you know. Um, I mean, you just got to try to recover any way you can, you know. You got to, you know, take a little bit, you know, uh, take that, those couple extra steps, uh, 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 extra stretch, uh, do whatever you got to do, you know, to try to get your body back, you know, to somewhat, you know, a reasonable shape so you can go out there and perform on Thursdays. But, um, I mean, it'll definitely take, you know, every day this week, even leading up to Thursday, I mean, guys, I'm sure guys will still be doing some type of treatment or extra stretching or colon tubbing or whatever the case may be to get yourself going for that Thursday night. So, I mean, as pros, I mean, it's part of the job and, you know, you just got to know, you know, what your body, what your body's going to need. And then Jackson and Simmons were both asked about the Chiefs as a barometer, as a measuring stick. And even though they play right next to each other and they're, Obviously, both having to worry about how to stop Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and the rest of the weapons at Patrick's disposal, they came at this differently, and I I thought it was interesting. So here is Kareem Jackson when asked, is this game against the Chiefs a measuring stick? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I mean, just another game on the schedule for us, you know, to get where we want to go. I mean, we gotta we gotta be able to handle, you know, and take care of business, you know, regardless of who the opponent is. Obviously, it's the next one on the schedule, but it's a it's a huge opponent for us in you know, division game, and you know, it's a um, uh, tough opponent. So um, with them coming off of two losses and us, you know, going into this one with two wins, you know, I I, w- I would expect them to come in, you know, fired up and wanting to get things back on track for themselves. But you know, for us, I, I feel like it's all about us and all about us taking that next step you know, in the, in the right direction for us as a team, you know, to get where we want to go, you know, we got to be able to win games like this. So he downplays it and says that, no, it's basically just another game. It is against a division opponent, but not a true measuring stick. On the other side, Justin Simmons, who is winless in his career against the Chiefs, obviously had to deal with Patrick Mahomes twice last year and his first start of his career at the end of the season in 2017. So here's Justin Simmons' answer when asked, is this a measuring stick, your game Thursday with the Chiefs? Uh, it's great because we see them twice a year, right? So I feel like, you know, we know them uh, the best and we always get their best shot. And um, I felt like we let them off the hook. You know, obviously last year we played, um, you know, them at home and, uh, you know, it was a close one down to the wire and, we, you know, we played great, but we just didn't finish. And so um, that's going to be a huge emphasis this week um, as it's been in weeks prior. It's just like finish, finish, finish. And so... Um, like I said, man, we know it's going to be a great game. It's going to be um, one that's, you know, both sides are going to be super hungry. Um, you know, us being on a 
you know, a two-game win streak, them being on a two-game losing streak. Um, there's a lot that's going into this, you know, divisional game, rival game, um, a chance for us to establish ourselves back, um, you know, in our division going two and one. So, um, yeah, man, this is going to be huge. And for as good as Tyreek Hill has been against the Broncos, I think the scariest weapon for the Chiefs against Denver, because Chris Harris and Tyreek Hill – uh, and and Harris, when he's been assigned to Hill more, has kept him in check, relatively speaking. Hill's success came earliest in his career uh, against the Broncos. He did not do as much last year. However, Travis Kelsey has been a Broncos killer. Yes, he's hurt most teams he's played against because he's just really damn good, but he has been a true Broncos killer. And so and they call him Killer Trav, or he calls himself that. Maybe that's his social media handle. So I asked both Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons uh, about Kelsey, and we'll go with uh, Simmons first. What kind of challenge does Kelsey pre uh, present for the Broncos and, and really every defense, but for Denver specifically on Thursday night? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, he's been one of the best tight ends in the league, um, you know, for a while now and been consistent at it. And, um, I mean, clearly it helps when you have a guy like Mahomes who can – find creative ways to get you the football and, you know, creative play calling and things in that nature. But, um, I mean, he's a matchup problem, you know. Um, you play in zone too much and he'll, he'll make you pay for it when you have linebackers on him and things like that. And then um, you play man too much, you know, a lot of times there's a lot of a big mismatch for um, some safeties as well. So, um, you know, we got to do a good job of kind of just disrupting the timing of routes, um, you know, finding ways to frustrate them. And, um, you know, we know that it's doable. Um, you know, we've seen teams that do it in the past and have executed their game plans really well. And so, um, yeah, I'm excited for, you know, for the challenge this week because um, they got, a, obviously, a well-talented roster all across the board on offense. And then uh, K-Jack hasn't seen him as much, but he's certainly seen him enough. Uh, so I asked him, where does he rank, I believe was the way I phrased the question when I asked Kareem, where does Travis Kelsey rank among the best tight ends in the league, especially now with Gronk retired? I would say he's one of the one of the obviously one of the tougher uh, tight ends right now. Um, the guy in Philly's pretty tough, you know. Some some tough guys out there, but just his um, the combination of things that he can do, you know. I mean, he can he can split him out, you know. He can play the X, you know. I mean, and, and he could be a mismatch for you know linebackers and you know also for DBs. I mean, with with his his skill set, you know, he can run every route on the route tree, you know, and he can create separation, you know. So. Um, I mean, being in this and with them being in the type of uh, scheme and the, the offense that you know Andy Reid you know has, you know it, it you know allows him to do a lot, and you know he's very capable. And like you say, he's definitely one of the best in the game right now. All right, let's jump to Rick Lewis. You can hear him every weekday, 6 a.m. to 9 on the Rick Lewis Morning Show, and then from 9 to noon with Dave Logan and Kathy Lee on Logan and Lewis on KOA. So it's Tuesday. That means we'll hear from Rick Lewis. <laughs> Rick, I can get used to this. Two weeks in a row, we're talking after a win. I bet you rested easier again Sunday night. Man, it's a lot more fun when they win football games. Uh, yeah, that was great yesterday and a shutout. And this is a team that first couple games, no turnovers, no sacks. Now they're coming in bunches. They get seven sacks yesterday and three interceptions. And they, they're starting to look like a different team. And it feels pretty good because now we got hope. We got optimism. You got the Chiefs on a short week. We were looking at this game a couple of weeks ago going, oh, well, it's going to be a blowout. Who cares, right? Uh, but now 
the Chiefs are going the wrong direction and the Broncos are going the right direction. And some of the things the Broncos do, we saw on display yesterday, the, the couple changes up front, I want to get to that, and, and then we'll also get to what the Chiefs don't do well. But the things that the Broncos do well could be a big advantage in terms of they run the ball well, they can eat clock, they stop the run. So you're going to make the team really one-dimensional, and that O-line's really broken down. So uh, before we move on to the Chiefs quickly, though, what an impressive effort. I don't care that the Titans' offense is hot garbage and their quarterback situation's a mess. They have a really good running back who's shown that he can light any defense up, and they completely shut him down under 30 yards for Derrick Henry and your guy Mike Purcell and Alexander Johnson in the middle. It was and seven sacks, three takeaways. Yeah, those two guys you mentioned right there have really been difference makers for this defense. And, and credit Coach Fangio for making the changes that he made in the personnel uh, two games ago by, uh, by playing Alexander Johnson in place of Josie Jewell and Mike Purcell. So what he did is he, he moved Shelby Harris to the outside of the line. Shelby Harris is a small nose tackle, and they were getting killed in the run against the run. You move Shelby Harris over to the outside of that, that three-man line, and uh, he looks a lot better out there. So does Derek Wolf. Have you noticed? Derek Wolf had two sacks yesterday. And Mike Purcell, who's about 330 pounds, has really plugged up the middle, that interior of the defensive line. He had five tackles yesterday. He was the third leading tackler in the game. And Alexander Johnson, they may have finally found. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The stud linebacker they've been looking for. Uh, when you look at his stat line, it's about what it was last week. He was a leading tackler. He had nine tackles. He had a one and a half sacks. He had uh, one tackle for a loss, two quarterback hits. Uh, he was all over the field. The guy's got a big motor. Uh, I mentioned during the game, his motor is as big as a, a big block Chevy. I mean, this dude, every play, you watch him, and, and he is a, he's a tone setter now for the defense. Well, and did you hear he say he wants to be known as the dinosaur? I did, saw did that after the that? game. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, yeah, okay. Most people are like, hey, this guy's a dinosaur. They don't take it as a compliment, but... No, like, okay. call, call me a dinosaur. I, you know, I'm not going to be too happy about that. But, he, yeah, he wanted to be a dinosaur. So he's got all these nicknames now. He was Beast. He was Chief Beast. He was Chief. And now he's Chief Beast Dinosaur. Okay, and he, he wants to be Alexander. And when I asked him this, because he showed up at uh, Mr. Bowen's memorial service at the stadium, and we get him on, turns out his grandmother... Uh, lost a battle uh, after a long battle with Alzheimer's and passed away, so it meant a lot to him. I'm like, hey, uh, why is it Alexander not AJ? He goes, I always thought when I got to the NFL, it would be cool to be Alexander Johnson, to go by my full name. AJ's a nickname because of my initials. So he doesn't have anything negative as- associated with AJ, although he did deal with the three years of legal issues. Uh, but this is why they brought him in. They gave him thirty grand a year ago, hoping that it would maybe all come together. And it looks like not just he being a diamond in the rough, but 
Is there any reason to think Mike Purcell won't be back on a two-year deal if he continues this up? No. And Shelby Harris in a contract year all of a sudden feels like he's back at his natural position. Derek Wolf in a contract year. Gotsis, of course, in a contract year. And then Demarcus Walker's playing like the second rounder that we expected yeah. him to be. What a great story Mike Purcell is, and Alexander Johnson as well. But Mike Purcell, a guy who, who was on five NFL teams in one season. He's kicked around the league. He played in the AAF. And now here he is on a on a good Denver Broncos defense, and he's a playmaker. Uh, he's made a difference. And I wanted to ask you this because uh, a couple of a couple of inside things for you. Uh, number one, regarding Mike Purcell and Shelby Harris, is Shelby Harris's nickname Meatball? I'll find that out for certain. I've heard anybody call room. him that. I'm in the locker room a lot. Purcell was calling him that. He was, was he calling him Meatball? So I was uh, yesterday near them separately, but not when they were all there together. But maybe uh, I, Shelby, I can find that out here. And, yeah. and get back to you. Shelby was getting interviewed by uh, a bunch of TV media around him, and Mike Purcell was just standing there outside the, the ring of media going, Meatball, Meatball, hey, Meatball. Okay. And, and Shelby didn't react, so I thought, well, that must be his nickname. Uh, and the other thing with Alexander Johnson, uh, I ran into uh, Matt Russell, of uh, Denver Broncos you know, player personnel guy, and uh, ran into him in the restroom. I guess I didn't have to say that. No, but, but this is okay. a podcast, right? Sure. And so it's just me and him. And yeah. I said, hey, man, that, I said, that Alexander Johnson reminds me of a young Matt Russell. And he smiled and he goes, man, he goes, that really worked out good for us. Because a lot of teams wanted him after all of these. Uh, I think 12. Was it 12? I think it was 12. Oh, okay. Somewhere between 8 and 12. Eight there was, and 12 it was yeah. a lot of teams. And, and after uh, all of the legal issues and he was cleared, of, of everything, and he was uh, eligible to play in the NFL. I know a lot of teams wanted him because that guy was probably going to be a first-round draft pick. He was that good at Tennessee. Freshman All-American, leading tackler in the SEC, or one of them as a freshman, and, and played well the next couple of years but got into trouble. So so it worked out. It well, really worked out. You look at that, you look at Purcell, and it's a little too early to anoint him, but he's going to get real trial by fire on on Thursday. But Devontae Harris, they may have found another one, too. If he ends up being a legitimate starter – more than serviceable, but you feel good about him, whether he's outside or if he can get to the point where they can move him inside at nickel too and have that versatility, then I get that Elway and, and Matt Russell get beat up plenty, but you got to start patting them on the back for some of these guys. It's looking like maybe they have more depth than we thought they had. Uh, and Devontae Harris, that's his first start in his NFL career. That guy came literally out of nowhere. Uh, Illinois State guy, although he was drafted. How about that? You get two starters from Illinois State. He and Shelby Harris, both Illinois State. That's right, yep, Illinois State. I used to laugh when Tlaib and Chris Harris had two Kansas guys starting, and I'm like, uh, they're not basketball right. players, so let's embrace it. But but we'll see this week. This is going to be a way bigger test for Devontae Harris out there at corner against Patrick Mahomes and, the, and the, the wide receivers that they have on that football team. So we'll see, but... It, it it does look like that did cross my mind that they maybe have more depth than we thought they had. Well, so then looking at the Chiefs quickly, you give the Broncos more than a puncher's chance. I I certainly give them more than a puncher's chance. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to move to Vegas right now or fly to Vegas or call someone that can make a bet and lay ten or twenty grand on it. But they're slight underdogs. Yeah, but, the but line it, has moved now. It's three and a half. Um, I I think the Lions showed the league how you beat the Chiefs team, and that's you, you run the ball. You win the time of possession game. The Lions lost that game to the Chiefs, but they showed everybody this is how you do it. And then the two weeks, the two games after the Lions game, the Chiefs have lost, and the other teams, their opponents, have just racked up big rushing yards against them. And and that is one of the strong suits of this Broncos offense. They can run the ball. 
So if the Broncos can run the ball, pound the rock, keep Mahomes on the bench, of course they got a puncher's chance. All right, maybe next week we'll have even more fun because the Broncos will have won three in a row and the mini buy will be even better. I appreciate that. Did you get anything funny in or that you leave anything funny out? Um, from the... It's just so fun to call a win. Oh, my gosh. It's way better. Yeah. But check with Shelby Harris. See if his nickname is Meatball. I will. I will. I appreciate it. So I've been unable at this point to find out if Shelby Harris's nickname is Meatball. Rather, I didn't see him in the locker room. And so uh, I will do my best to drag him down on Tuesday and find out if his teammates call him Meatball or just Mike Purcell calls him Meatball. Uh, now let's hear from the head coach, though, Vic Fangio. You wouldn't know that he's won two games in a row by listening to him. And I understand the nature of the quick turnaround and he didn't leave the office that often anyway. Uh, but especially when you've got three days to get ready for Patrick Mahomes and company. And yes, as I mentioned, Patrick Mahomes is not as healthy as he was. Talk to James Palmer from NFL Network, and James spends part of every week with the Chiefs, typically in the middle of the week, but then at, almost at every game. And he, I think he's been to, if not all of Mahomes' games this year, at least three or four, uh, including the opener. And he was there on Sunday against the Texans. And he actually, on Friday, told me the Texans would win the game. Uh, when he was at Broncos practice. So he was right. The Texans did win the game, uh, but the Broncos also won their game. So that's where we'll start. Vic Fangio asked by Dave Logan when he joined Logan and Lewis on Monday morning uh, if the shutout, which is hard to come by, if he would consider it a job well done. It is. You know, they're hard to come by in the NFL. You know, they're very rare that they happen. You usually get one to two or three a year around the league. So very pleased with the way the guys played. We knew it was going to be a physical game. They have a really good defense themselves, and we were going to have to be at our best to, uh, you know, lead the team to a win, and those guys answered the call. Hey, Coach, uh, tell us and fans what Alexander Johnson and Mike Purcell uh, have done for this defense the last couple of weeks and, and what, what difference they've made. Well, they both have brought good play. You know, obviously Alexander's playing a lot more than Mike. Mike is a rotational player in there with the defensive line. He does start in our base package and rolls in and out in the other packages. But both of them have done a good job, particularly against the run, and that's helped us play better the last couple weeks. Hey, Vic, now you've turned your attention to Kansas City. That's a different animal from an offensive standpoint. But we we were talking earlier in the show about uh, maybe the blueprint uh, against the Chiefs. You look at the last three games; they've given up 558 yards rushing uh, to three teams, averaging 4.6 against. Best way to maybe attack the Chiefs is to make sure Patrick Mahomes is over there drinking Gatorade to a certain extent. I would agree. Um, you know, we've got to be able to move the ball against them, and whether it's through the air. Or- or on the ground and uh, score some points ourselves and have some good drives because they're very prolific on offense and um, they they can score that fast on offense. They got great speed. They got a great quarterback. They test you with their scheme on every play. So any anything that we can get to help us slow down their offense would would be good. Uh, Coach, it seemed like after that Jacksonville game, your, your your team was embarrassed, especially defensively, and 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 angry for sure. 
uh, and they've been really good the last two games since that Jacksonville game. Is it also uh, part of the reason? Are they are they just starting to get comfortable with the scheme and comfortable with each other? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure that's a little bit a part of it, but I just think we're playing better, um, and that's everybody, even the guys that have been in there the whole way, not just the addition of uh, the two guys we alluded to. But I just think we're playing better. And, you know, we didn't play good in that second half against Jacksonville. And and the guys were embarrassed by it. And we've been able to rectify it up to this point. Hey, Vic, last question before we let you go. Uh, back on Kansas City, when, when you look at – you mentioned really good quarterback speed uh, and scheme. Uh, you know, it, it all probably starts with Patrick Mahomes. But um, do, are, are they – it sort of seems like that's sort of what they've done the last few years, and maybe it's it's the way the NFL eventually is going to go. A quarterback that has run-pass option can leave the pocket. I mean, is that where you see the NFL going the next three, four, five years to more offenses sort of like that, or is that just because of the personnel that they currently have? Yeah, I, I you know, they can find 30 more Patrick Mahomes on the planet. Yeah, I think every <laughs> team will uh, run it and do good with it. But, um, you know, he's he's just so really, really good. You know, and he improvises in the pocket. He's got a quick release. He's got a strong arm. He doesn't have to have his feet set to make a strong throw. He can throw it deep down the field. He's only been intercepted once this year, and I believe he thought he had a penalty yesterday, and that's why he kind of threw it up. And yeah. They picked up the flag on him, so I don't even think, you know, that interception he didn't think was possible. Um, he's just really, really good. You know, I, to me, he's like um, he's like the John Elway who was in the 80s and 90s. He's like Aaron Rodgers has mm. been the last 15 years. He's the ultimate quarterback playmaker uh, improviser that there is the biggest difference between their offense and when John played, for instance, is the game is more spread out and he's got more down the field options on every play. Anyone who's listened to me has heard me say time and again that Patrick Mahomes is, and Broncos fans don't want to hear this, and that's usually how I say it, is Kansas City's John Elway. Now, will he go to five Super Bowls? Will he win two? Will he be a Hall of Famer? Time will tell. But he has all the tools. They're built about the same. They play very similarly. And as you heard Vic Fangio say, uh, because of the way offenses have evolved, he just has uh, more opportunity to throw the ball down the field, whereas John was relying on one of his three amigos typically to, to stretch the field in a given uh, play call early in his career. Later, obviously, got a little more spread out uh, in terms of the evolution of offense, but he had Terrell Davis, so he didn't have to let it rip, even though he had Rod Smith and Ed McCaffrey and put up big numbers. All right, we will see where everything takes us on Tuesday. And I think I'm tracking down Broncos Country Tonight crew for the Wednesday pod. So we'll pretend like it's a Friday and we will talk to those guys and we'll go behind enemy lines Thursday uh, to get ready for the Chiefs game. Again, I appreciate you listening. Make sure you're telling your friends. Hope this is a good way for you to start your day with the latest in Broncos Country. And I will catch you tomorrow on the Broncos Daily Podcast. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.